We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante with a very special guest, Barbara Duran. Barb's a member of the Penn State Board of Trustees. She's a Penn State grad where she was a three-sport varsity athlete. She was also a member of the U.S. Women's National Lacrosse Team. She runs her own investment management firm and appears regularly on CNBC. Barb, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Jim, delighted to be here. Thank you for that nice intro. Well, and I only got halfway through your resume. I didn't even hit on the, what school was that that you got your MBA? Harvard? Is that the name? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I heard that's not too bad a school, Barb. It was okay. <laughs> it's no Penn State, I understand that. that certainly no Penn State. That's the right answer for our audience. Well, Barb, it's great to have you, and I wanted to hit on a few things with you. First off, Currently, there's just so much going on in the athletic department. We've had James Franklin's contract extended. We're going to be looking for a new athletic director. There's talk of either an upgrade to Beaver Stadium or possibly even a new stadium. My question is, could you explain to us just what is the role of the Board of Trustees with all this going on? Uh, it's an interesting question, Jim, because yeah, first off, it, it's, you have to look at what is the board's role in general, because it's the same role that we exercise in any of these areas. And it's basically our main job is one, hire the president, who is then basically the CEO of this very large, almost $8 billion university, who then is responsible for hiring everybody, you know, people under him, et cetera. So our, our thing is to review, to monitor, to ask good questions to course correct if we think it needs it, to be very involved in the um, long-term strategy of the university. So for instance, you know, on the athletic side, we have not had a separate committee or task force looking at athletics, which some universe, a lot of uh, boards do have separate entities and others do not. We right now just started last year a task force to really look at ICA because we want to understand what's going on, what's going on with the budget, and also any risk. Because in the past, we have great risk management at the university and the board level, but the risks, um, say for athletics, are divided up among different committees. And now we think because of all the changes that's happening in um, intercollegiate athletics, not least the NIL, which everybody's trying to figure out, but in football, it's the, the transfer portal, it's lots of big things happening. And so we thought it was more than time to really take a good look. So that's what we are busy learning, commenting, and finding out a lot about where we are in the NIL process. So some of the things you talked about, oh, sorry, Jim, yeah. I was just going to say, you mentioned NIL. That's obviously, we're mostly a Penn State football podcast. That's what our listeners worry about. NIL has the chance to really change the whole landscape of college sports. What? What input could the board have, though, when that NIL money is supposed to come from outside the university? Yeah, no, it's a really good point. I mean, one of the main things that the board is always concerned about is that the values of the university and our athletics. Success with honor is not an empty phrase. You know, it is something we are very proud of. We follow the graduation rates. We follow the GPAs, not only of all our students, but most especially the athletes. We do not want to be, you know, quote, a football school in the sense that, 
you know, we just want the best athletes and we don't care if they graduate or get an education. Number one, we want them to get educated. But you're right, the NIL is really, you know, and we don't know how it's going to play out, but it's going to affect recruiting, strategy. You know, there's legal issues. You know, we cannot, the NCAA still has a rule, there is no pay for play. So the universities, and we've consulted all sorts of experts and consulting firms and legals and uh, legal help, and of course there's Pennsylvania state law, you know, which was passed that we have to follow. And not all state laws are the same. You know, for instance, with ours, and I think everybody understands that universities cannot be involved in helping athletes find sponsors. We try to educate them. We have, we have provided all sorts of resources, trying to connect them with alumni. You know, our local Chamber of Commerce has started Happy Valley Talent website where businesses can sign up so they can find the athletes. We have a thing called a statement program where our athletes can go on and learn about the legal and tax issues. Like if you accept services or products, you have to pay, you may have to pay taxes. And so we're trying to educate and also marketing and content and how to use social media. So we are trying to support them in that way. However, we cannot talk with an agent. We cannot talk with anybody to try to get them. That has to be up to outsiders. And for instance, we have um, two collectives. One is well along um, called Success with Honor. Uh, started by um, some alumni um, who have a very interesting model of subscription you know, revenue where they really are trying to um, work with athletes, get them sponsors, and in exchange, you know, the sponsors can have meetings with the athletes, autographs, you know, all sorts of things. So we cannot touch that. And we are very careful. And that's a whole, you know, compliance issue. And that's, you know, and, and back to your question about the board, that's the thing we look at are the structures and processes in place. Like in intercollegiate athletics, they have their own compliance people who report up to the central compliance area of the university. They have their own development area that reports up to the central development, the same financially. They have their own financial person, but has to go to the CFO of the university. So there's all sorts of checks and balances. That's the kind of thing we look at and make sure, you know, is in place. So, but very time we're trying to figure out because everybody's worried what's it going to mean for recruiting, particularly with the easy transferability in the portal. You know, we don't know. Everybody's, you know, trying to figure it out. We're going to know when we know. But meanwhile, we're trying to be there to help our athletes in the best way we can. I think the concern of football fans are, are there going to be, and there's, this has already started, where there's the oil barons in Texas financing all that and they're making sure not so much to take care of all the athletes but if there's a five-star quarterback out there they get the big check it's going to be a while for the dust to settle on this isn't it yeah it is and we're going to have to see you know um what kind of rules and regulations of caps have to be put on this sort of thing because it could really um, give unfair advantages to people and even high school students there's uh, most states do not allow high school students to accept and um, NIL dollars, but there are six states who do. And that's going to be quite interesting because that gets awfully close to pay for play. You know, if you have everybody running to get these kids, it's it's a little bit the Wild West. And we just have to see, and I think there's going to be a lot of changes along the way as we see how it plays out. Uh, there sure will be. Now, you mentioned that success with honor still means something at Penn State. And I think it does to the students. I think it does to the alums. Well, the guy who created the success with honor is Joe Paterno. We all know the backstory of everything that went on, but how does Penn State proceed going forward taking care of the legacy of Joe Paterno and the Paterno family? 
Well, you know, it's been 10 years, um, more than 10 years, um, since we've, you know, had all the issues um, with the Sandusky scandal. And um, frankly, I think that um, Joe was unfairly caught in the crossfire. And, um, and I completely believe he knew nothing about this. And he did at the time reported um, something that was reported to him to his superior. And that is the right process. I'm a Wall Streeter. If, I sus if we suspect somebody um, of money laundering or insider trading, I don't call the police. I go to my supervisor and I tell them and then they take it from there. And I think that's the process. So I, I think it's more than time that we honor Joe and, you know, for many things. I mean, one of the things that, that so moved me was after he won his first national football uh, championship way back when, he asked to speak to the board. Now you'd think he would just go and say, hey, you know, I just want to be petted and this is great. He went to that board and basically threw down the, the academic gauntlet and said, you know, it's great to win this championship and it's given us platform visibility, but what, it's, what it shows is that I'm distressed to see that we're number seven or number eight in this. We're number 10, we're this. Let's start to endow. He listed a whole program and he threw it down to the board who picked it up. And Joe was very involved in campaigns and so much of the university life. We know the Paterno Library. There's, there's so much to honor this man for. And I'd really like to see us figure out a way. But, of course, we've got to also balance. You know, there's a lot of people out there that actually, you know, that do not share that opinion. And so we've got to figure out, you know, how to do this. But there's a lot of people talking and thinking about it and wanting to do something. And I sure hope it's sooner rather than later. It's something... We've been uh, talking about and pushing for for many years now. I think a lot of our listeners would agree with you on that, Barb. I want to ask you at least one non-sports-related question, but I'm sure it's relevant to many of our listeners who either have children attending Penn State or they soon will be. But is there anything the board is doing, can do, to control cost of attending Penn State? Uh, Jim, that is, you know, that's the eternal question that we work on all the time and it is always a priority i mean you know and it's well known i think what's happened to state funding not just in pennsylvania but across the land and you know we're not a state-owned university we are private but we are called state related and so we used to get a lot higher percentage of our budget from the state and it's it's uh, shrunk to uh you know maybe six seven percent of our total budget so it's really in the years that these and this has been over 10 years um where that funding um you know has basically um, been significantly reduced so where do you get your money from you know primarily tuition you know we have an endowment that we work on all the time trying to grow it it's now up to four probably four and a half billion because obviously you can get that to a much bigger size that throws off cash most of that's restricted meaning Donors say, I want it to go here, I want it to go there, you know, for scholarships or whatever it is. But that's one part. And then we're constantly, I mean, I was on the um, affordability task force a few years ago where we look, looked at, okay, where do we cut costs? What consultant studies have we done? What do we need to do? And we really wanted to look at any kind of administrative bloat and how you centralize it. And that's where you bring in, in um, outside consulting who really know what they're doing. And from that, we had some major cost savings. And these things are ongoing. You know, Jim, we've hired some in this last few years, some fantastic people, a new CFO, a new head of research. And these are dynamos and they have a lot of great ideas. So it's not something you can do in, in a minute, but we're working on it all the time. And the Commonwealth campuses are another one. We're not going to shut them, but we want to really consolidate administratively. Uh, understood. Well, hey, in the last minute that we have here, 
we know there's an election for the board coming up for you, Barb. You're talking to a Penn State audience here. What's your message to them? Continue to love and support Penn State. Stay engaged. You know, continuing ed, we have a world campus online. Lots of courses on there. You know, I'd check it out. And we're going to be one of our goals, you know, 2025 strategic plan. You know, we really want to get access, more access to education. That means more continuing ed. So keep your eyes open for that. You know, and lastly, um, your alumni elected trustees, which is what I am right now. And I'm, you know, as Jim said, I'm running for um, re-election right now, you know, with Bill Oldsey and Ted Brown. Anytime you have issues or questions, contact us. And you can find us pretty easily on Facebook. You know, just type in our names and uh, send us a note. And uh, happy to talk, email, text, whatever, anytime you like. So, Jim, thank you very much. Uh, Barb, thank you. This has been marvelous. We're going to have to have you on again. Absolutely fantastic information. Thank you, Barb, for coming on the show. Thank you all for listening. Be sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Thank you, Jim. Fellow Nittany Lions, this is Bill Oldsey, one of your alumni elected trustees. It's been an honor serving you in our world-class university for the past nine years. Today, I'm asking for your votes again for me, Barbara Duran, and Ted Brown for re-election to the Penn State Board. We look forward to continuing our work with you as we take Penn State to even greater levels of success with honor, both academically and athletically. We are Oldsey, Duran, and Brown. Thank you for your continued support. Request your ballot at trustees.psu.edu. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com.